This is the Morning Sports Desk for Friday, March 31st. And a pitch. Lined into right center field. Tough play. Center fielder going to track. Dives for it. Can't come up with it. Boxing around first. Around second. And he's going to jog in to third base for a triple. Here's a 1-1. Has a line drive. Base hit. Twins are on the board. Lead 1-0. So Larnick on a breaking ball. Got fisted a little bit, but enough to get it out there. Hey, Corey, isn't that your guy? That is my guy. That is total. Both of them. They're both my guys. Uh, as a matter of fact, at least after game one, Twins on opening day go into Kansas City and win two to zero. We got lots of stuff. CJ, how about this? How about I throw some subjects at you from the game? Okay. And then you fill in all the blanks. Sure. All right. You started with the highlight of Byron Buxton. He was the one who got the scoring going with a triple to right center field. Almost a really nice play by whoever that center fielder is. Isabel, I think, was the and last name. It's not Michael A. Taylor, I can tell you that much. Nope. And uh uh I mean, that's that's the recipe, right, for the Twins this year, offensively speaking? Yeah, I mean, the offensive the offensive production going to come from guys like Correa, going to come from guys like Buxton, but you know that. But where are you going to get that extra production to push you over the top? Because every lineup in baseball has one or two good hitters, maybe even really great hitters. But in baseball, more than any sport, you need a deep lineup full of guys who can hit the ball around the yard. And the Twins are trying to find that in Trevor Larnick and seeing if he can have a career year. As we've mentioned before, Corey, Larnick has had success in the big leagues. He just hasn't been able to have a full healthy season. And I think if he gets that, he can prove that he can be one of the hitters in the middle of the lineup. Had a couple strikeouts yesterday, but when he made contact with the ball, he was able to hit it away. He's had a, that RBI single, had a walk as well. And by the way, the Twins got some offensive production from the other parts of their lineup. So the Twins had lefties in against the righty and Grinky. The Royals went to a lefty in the bullpen with Gordon and Gallo up. Rocco Baldelli flips right to the bench and brings in Kyle Farmer, who draws a walk, who's a righty, then brings in righty Donovan Solano to pinch hit for Gallo, and then gets an RBI single for Donovan Solano. So that scores Trevor Larnick, and that's how the Twins win Two nothing. So this lineup, I don't know where that extra production is quite going to come from, but the Twins are relying heavily, I have to assume, on Trevor Larnick having a nice year. Well, and that's the point of the depth that you talked about all offseason. That's where it's going to have to come from. It doesn't have to be. It needs to be Buxton and Correa every single night. Hopefully guys like Larnack, who's in the middle of the, of the lineup. But it just mm-hmm. needs to spread the wealth. You mentioned something that was really interesting. And and after game one of the season, uh, it's, it's fitting to reference this team uh, in this story. But you mentioned every team has, has one or two good hitters in their lineup. Potentially even great hitters in yeah. their lineup, right? I saw a tweet about the uh, Angels. Uh-huh. Of course, have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, who two. are two of the greatest to ever play this game. Yeah. That is not hyperbole. That is that is a certified fact. Shohei Otani also was the opening day starter for the Angels. Check this out. He uh, Shohei Otani's outing. This is from Sarah Langs on Twitter. Uh, was the 26th since at least 1901 with 10 plus strikeouts and no runs allowed on opening day. It's the first time that pitcher's team lost the game. Oh, my gosh. They lost? Another 
Angels stat that includes Shohei Otani and Mike Trout that just doesn't that is it's despicable what they're doing out there in uh, California with those two guys on their roster. But I want to move on because the other highlight, of course, for the Twins yesterday uh, comes defensively, and that was Pablo Lopez. Pablo, he had himself. We were talking, Corey, off the air yesterday. We were like, predict Pablo Lopez's stat line. And I said he goes five innings, and he gets five strikeouts, a couple walks, maybe gives up a couple runs. Well, he gave up a couple walks. His command was a little off, but I consider that with opening day jitters. You know, a little too amped, so the fastball was a couple miles an hour faster, but he couldn't really locate it. But he made some nice pitches, got some strikeouts when he needed it, including a bases-loaded jam he was able to get out of with nobody out, thanks to the fact that Mondesi didn't want to run hard to first base. Yeah. I don't know if he thought Gallo was going to tag him out or something, I so think, he stopped. Uh, I was listening or he to thought he was gonna go radio. Foul. I, I think he thought it was foul. Not that it was even going to go fall. I think he thought it was. That's the way the radio guys made it yeah. sound. Either way, just Oops. hustle out of the box and you don't have that problem. Anyway, uh, so and then back to the point of I said five innings. What did you say, Corey? Five and a third. How long? And what was the reason why? Because it was I played prices right rules with you. I just wanted to go one more out to see if, so I could be correct. Hey, Corey, how 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 long did Pablo Lopez pitch yesterday? New Minnesota pitcher Pablo Lopez got the starting nod and earned the win after totaling eight strikeouts in five and a third innings on the mound. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it awesome that I did it just to like stab you in the back? Yeah. At least I was upfront about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like uh, if there was a washing machine set, and I guess like. 850 yep. you guessed 851 yep. just for no other reason yep. to make sure that that couldn't i played be. prices right just because yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh is there anything else game wise uh from the twins that you want to talk because i have two other notes but they're more um kind of like know, thirty thousand foot yeah. view from this do you have anything specific i think uh one there are twins fans on twitter who are already upset that but Rocco said he was going to leave the starters in longer. Yeah. One, it's opening day. So, like, relax, everyone. Like, right. we're not going to, like, l let Pablo Lopez make a couple more starts. He pitched 180 innings last year. Like, yeah. it's, he's all right. He's going to be just fine. They were very open. They were on a, that's good. They were going to be, it was like 85. Yeah. 85 pitches was about what they were going to be held to, and I think that's exactly what he threw. Right, exactly. You ramp him up. He pitched well, and I think yep. it's fine. And it's also game one, so you need to work in all your bullpen guys and make sure they at least get their first inning of working on the season. And the Twins brought in what I would consider kind of the top tier of their bullpen. So they had Caleb Theobar. They had not Pablo Lopez, but Jorge Lopez. That's going to be confusing That's, for me. I already, uh, I think Glenn Perkins already screwed it up on the broadcast yesterday. So, well, I was going to say if the thing, you know, poor John Gordon would have never been able to get this one right. <laughs> <laughs> and then they went from him to Griffin Jacks and they went from Griffin Jacks to Yoan Duran, who came in in a closer type role. So that'll be interesting to kind of monitor that. If Duran maybe morphs into the, like an official ninth inning slam the door kind of guy, but yeah, uh, I think the Rocco brought in all the those are like the four guys who the Twins really are counting on in the bullpen, and then you have your secondary guys like Pagan, Alcala, Moran, and, and I like whoever. it. That's uh, the, every game. I mean, it matters. Not every like 
I understand that not literally every single game matters in Major League Baseball, but this sets a good precedent. For By the, the way, season. the bullpen zero hits exactly in the right. final hat part of the game. So Twins slam Twins bullpen shut the door on that one yesterday. All right, I want to take a look. I want to back up a little bit and just look at some other things, some superficial things. Sure. Uh, this first one is Twins specific. Okay. I adore the new road uniforms. They are so good. I did anyway. They were my favorite of the new ones, and I include I whatever. They they just were. I just like the pinstripes. I like the look. I love that double stripe. How good do they look on TV? It looks amazing. Like I somebody said with the new Twins uniforms, you're not even embracing your history. No, they're embracing the history with that road uniform. It's like the old ones they used to wear with the Minnesota and block letters across the chest. The letters are just blue now. The font's a little different, but the pinstripe aesthetic, the red and the gray and the blue all just work so nicely together. And like you said, that big honking stripe down the side of the Looks pants. Looks good. It's a, it's a little much like it's a little maybe dorky you could say but at the same time that's baseball and that's how baseball that's how they should look i think it's sexy <laughs> i think it's not dorky at all i think it's i think it's, it oozes pure sex appeal Corey staring at it. rocco baldelli with one step on the top of the dugout like mm, look at that I leg stripe love it um uh and also the twins spent the last two decades honoring the past yeah like let's go it's okay to look ahead yeah it's okay uh okay this is another thing i actually texted you about it it was about it was a little before 4 30 yeah right first pitch was set for 3 10 mm-hmm. and it was yeah so it would have been it was 4 30 when i sent you a text message because i had the game uh, on the radio and they were beginning the top of the sixth inning mm-hmm they played five complete innings of baseball in an hour and 20 minutes. I don't know what the whole time was, but I love the pitch clock. I think everybody universally is saying the same thing. They're like, I, this thing just working. It's, and I, okay, like I've said this a million times, I was not an initial fan of the pitch clock until last fall. Same. When there was a report saying that it brought minor league games down to an average of like two hours and 36 minutes. And by the way, for those of you thinking, like, I've seen people on Twitter being like, it's just not safe. To, these guys can't get back in the box in time. It's not It's not safe. Pitchers are arms. They're not going to be. That's how fast it used to be. Go watch a game in 2007. That's the normal pace everyone was playing at. It's not even that long ago. It's not even like you got to go back to 1964. It was just like 20 years ago. The games were this fast. Time of the Twins game yesterday, Corey, two hours and 32 minutes. I am not. Uh, I'm not this guy typically. Last year's game averaged like three hour, three hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, it was like a full hour longer. I am not this guy typically because I, um, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's always used fairly. Um, anybody who's like it's not safe for these guys has never played baseball before. Because every level of baseball is played quicker, more quickly than this. Yeah. Go to any high school game that maybe ever. Am, maybe some amateur ball plays. Some but. amateur games, guys get a little full of themselves, and it's slower. They're trying to drag their beer bellies in and out of the <laughs> dugout for the ninth inning. Or I get it's a little slow sometimes out to your spot, but once the pitcher gets their five, like they go in the in the game itself. Yeah, amateur games get a little slow in between innings. I think that's my observation. But once the game's going, like we we play at a certain, you're talking about high school players and high school coaches and and um like amateur baseball is very affiliated to the high school game. There there's mm-hmm. like a direct link between those two things. 
Um, there's no reason for Major League Baseball to have been that slow. Is it going to hose some people here in the early going or at a crucial moment? 100% it's going to. Get in the box and get ready to hit. There's almost it's very a, simple. There's almost no situation with this pitch clock that could have, because people are like, what happens if it's game seven of the World Series and a guy gets, he, he gets struck out on because he, he didn't get back You've in the- You've played 180 games by that point. That's your fault. Exactly. There's no problem that can't be solved by just get back in the freaking box. Get ready to hit the baseball. It's like in football. It's like, oh man, are we really going to let the Super Bowl end because the play clock expired? Yes, because that's the rules and you didn't follow yep. them. Like, uh, so I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm, and I was with you, by the way. I'm one of those like, well, why couldn't just make them police themselves? And they Teams weren't. Are f- For years and years and years and years, they were not policing themselves. So... We gave you the chance. Now we're taking the car keys away. Sorry, yeah. you blew it. If that's the league's job. The league is there to uh, be the executive branch of baseball. Like they are there to enforce rules and make them when they see fit. And I don't. I'm not it's a huge. Definitely going to screw the Twins over literally tomorrow. Now that we've said this. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, Timberwolves. Little note here while I got you, Corey. Uh, Nas Reed is going to be out for a while. He broke yeah. his wrist. And out for a while. He's done. Right. He's done. Unless they make the finals? Yeah, unless they go on a very deep playoff run. Nas Reed is going to be gone. He broke his wrist, and it looked like he broke it. So he tried to go for a dunk against Phoenix and fell to the ground and landed on his wrist. And he was wincing in pain the rest of the game, to which point people who were watching the game on Twitter were like, is Finch going to take Nas out of the game? And he didn't really. He stayed on the floor for a lot of minutes because it was like 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Sure. But point is, the Wolves are going to be without Nas for a while, which means, one, that stinks because Nas Reed. And second of all, it's gonna, we're going to see a lot of Luca Garza. That's not as great. He is he is probably close to his skill. They're different offensive games. Yeah, the two of them. Um, but Nas is just a better player right now, yes. offensively. And Luca's a worse defender. And Nas is not really known for his defense. Does that do you think? And and I'll I will leave on this. Do you think that means they just split up Gobert and Towns a little more over the stretch, or does it not matter? I don't quite know. So I that's the thing is I think in one world you could say, well, Gobert and Towns, go, uh, Towns slides back to the five, and he stays underneath the basket, and he and you split it up that way, so you don't have Luca Garza on the court as much. Um, another. Uh, the thing with that is, though, is one, you got Rudy Gobert for a reason. You got him because Carl Anthony Towns isn't a great under-the-rim defender, can't quite get the rebounds the way Gobert can. You got Gobert for a reason, and you kick Towns out to the four for a reason. Um, so that's my one thing against it. Another thing is you want those guys to be on the floor at the same time. I know you can create some packages where they're both on the floor towards the end of games or even the end of halves, but at the same time, you kind of want Gobert, Towns, and Ant to all be on the floor at the same time. That's kind of the point. And with Conley and McDaniels sprinkled in there as well. So I think we're going to see a lot more Luka Garza. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. But I think we're going to see a lot more of Luka Garza and not so much Gobert and Towns not on the floor at the same time, but I maybe somebody who's watched more minutes this year could could explain it better for me. I'll admit that I'm just kind of spitballing here. So, all right, I'm going to leave you on this quote from Rocco Baldelli on Corey's guy Trevor Larnick. Had a pretty good day. Trevor had a good. He had a good day. He's. Um, I think he loves being out there in the spot that he's in. I think he um, kind of relishes the opportunities to be out there on opening day to 
just to simply be a, a good big leaguer. He's driven to be great. I think he sees this as that as an opportunity for him to go prove that and show everyone what he can do. Doesn't bother him, I don't think at all, hitting him in the four hole on on opening day. He handled it all great. He hit some balls good. I mean, he he's been swinging the bat well, and I think we saw more of that. More of what we saw in spring training, we saw it again today. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Friday, March 31st.